Welcome to The Healthy Beast. Today I'm joined by Andrew Henderson, five times world freestyle football champion and rising star of mixed martial arts, five times world freestyle champion. Now, can we call it keepy up? Is that disrespectful or is it just because other people don't know what that is? I would say, yeah, maybe advanced keepy up is one of the ways of saying it, but I would say it's kind of like in martial arts when someone, they don't really understand mixed martial arts like cage fighting and they're like they just think it's like a barbaric thing it's kind of like when you do it you know there's so much more to it and there's so many different skill sets and it's the same in freestyle it's beyond just keepy up it's there's so many different skills with the ball different categories of skills as well there's like head tricks tricks sitting down transitions between them so I'd say it goes a bit further than keepy up but yeah well it def- yeah it definitely does and this I have to say of all the podcasts i've done the preparation for this one has got to be the most fun because all i did really was go on your go on your instagram account <laughs> andrew henderson with a blue tick one point something million followers and the videos on there i have to say are incredible thank you and i want to ask you about a few specific ones that just just, just blew my mind so i mean there's one where there's a massive flight of stairs right i think okay. sometime last year so this is how what how i remember it's a massive flight of stairs you can barely see the guy at the top. He looks like a dot. Oh, yeah, I know the one you mean. And yeah. he ki- he kicks the ball down to you. You control it on your chest, do a few of your fancy tricks, and somehow boot the ball. It looks like about 100 yards back up Yeah, I, steps. Uh, How do you do this? Do you know what, though? It's like sometimes those clips actually take the e- are like the easiest ones to film. And like I get so many views on those ones, but then... That actually, for me, that's an easier one than doing like one individual skill, um, because once you've got the control, you can kind of do it from different heights, different distances, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I don't know. It's just but, I've been doing it for a long time. I've been working on the skills, and yeah. But is that is that hours in of because something like that you must mess. I mean, good as you are. You must fuck them up sometimes. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, some of the, some of the clips are first try, but a lot of them are, you know, 50 attempts or 30 attempts or whatever, yeah. Because there's another one where there's a big, great big body of water. Yeah. And you're kind of like, it's one of your, you're keeping up all the, way, all the way over the water. Yeah. We actually had a, we had a kid that was a fan of, uh, I was with a, um, a Danish freestyler that was in Copenhagen at the time. And um, there was a fan of ours that was, in a little kayak and he would collect the balls and bring them back so yeah we actually spent the whole day trying to film different content so yeah it's fun that that side of freestyle has become it's a it's a bit more recent for me before that it was all about training for the competitions as an athlete uh not really thinking about the social media side of things but since social media has kind of gone crazy over the last few years i thought i'd jump on it freestyle is a very eye-catching sport so I started to do more trick shots and kicking it over bridges and across water, like you said, downstairs, um, you know, hanging off things and that sort of thing. But even even the smaller ones, because, yeah, these are the big setup ones, but a couple of the lockdown ones you did when you're stuck at home, you did, there's one where you're juggling a bog roll. Oh, yeah. Much, much better than most people would do it with a football. And then there's one where you've got a tea bag. <laughs> you've kicked yeah. a tea bag about 20 foot across the room. Yeah, that was difficult. Yeah. Actually, the tea bag, the, the way that the tea bag fell into the cup, it was actually, it made the shot so much easier than if I did it with like a round object, like a, t- a table tennis ball or something like that. So actually that one was probably a lot easier than it looked. 
Um, the toilet roll was quite difficult. I saw uh, a lot of people were doing that challenge. Messi was doing it. A lot of people were doing it. It was kind of like, um, I guess, taking the mick a bit out of um, everyone buying so much toilet roll at the time at the start of the lockdown. So, yeah, I thought I'd give it a go. How many goes did it take to kick a tea bag into the pot? Oh, Scott was here. Scott's here with me. I don't know how how many attempts that was. Around five. Five, six? Yeah, around five. Cameraman Scott Penders, who's joining a silent yeah. presence presence in yeah. the room. Yeah, shout out to Scott Penders. One of the best knuckleball free kicks I've ever seen. What's a knuckleball free a kick? A knuckleball free kick is where... Have you ever seen um, Roberto Carlos against France when he did that free kick where it goes in and out? Yes. It's kind of like that. You basically... You strike the ball and it kind of goes one way and then swings back and goes the other way. And I mean, some of these guys, like Scott, he can, he can move the ball like three different directions in one strike of it it's it's it looks like it's fake yeah. and that was the one at the time that they thought was it couldn't have been on purpose is that the one I yeah think people saying exactly. that must have been a must have been a fluke i think it beat Barthez as well who at the time was one of the best keepers in the world and he just stood there like i have no idea what's going on <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Talking about famous footballers, now you don't have to be, a, I'm going to read out three names, you don't have to be a football fan to have heard of Cristiano Ronaldo, Rio Ferdinand and Harry Kane. And yeah. You've got videos where they're so funny because you're, you're doing various kinds of keepies up either in front of them or with them. And yeah. they're, these, they're these like, you know, mega stars of football, won everything and you're, and they're there watching you yeah. clapping like a little kid. Yeah. And, it, and amazed at your scores. That must be weird for you, right? It is weird, but I really like it. And I, I think it's quite an interesting thing for from the audience's sort of perspective. And also f- from the, uh, like for those players themselves. Because, you know, for example, Cristiano Ronaldo, he can do pretty much everything there is to like that's possible with a football you know you can hit the ball better than most players have ever been able to do it he's got records for you know pretty much everything in the game but I can give him a different look than with a football so I can do some skills that he's never been able to do and that for him is like quite rare I think for him to find that so it was good to have an, an exchange with him and you know he he was interested in the skill side of things so I was happy to kind of talk to him about the competitions and how they work and and a bit more about the sport and then also to learn from him and to learn from all these great athletes it's it's an amazing thing that I'm I'm very blessed to be able to meet all of them and be able to get on well with them and it was the same thing with Rio Ferdinand because he also at the same when we met for the first time he was training to be a boxer um I don't know if you remember that so yeah he was training to be a boxer he'd retired from football and I think we kind of there was something in common with that. You know, I came from freestyle, he came from football. I'm going into MMA and he's uh, he's doing the boxing as well. So, I don't know. I th- yeah, it was interesting. I always, anyone, it could be a kid, you know, whether it's Ronaldo, Neymar, or or just a kid at a school that I'm, I'm teaching skills to. Like, for me, as long as I can share something that I've been working on and my passion, then, then I'm happy, yeah. They all come across really well, though, the start in your videos, because they, they seem, they're not like, who's this, who, how dare he be better at keeping ups than me. They're like, all look genuinely pleased. Because I suppose they're all, they're all big kids anyway, aren't they? They're all playing a game they love. So, Definitely, yeah. So it's just all more fun for them. Yeah. You, you, talk about, you talk about being an athlete, and some people might think, oh, keep you up, is that really being an athlete? But they haven't seen perhaps the athleticism that's involved, particularly when you do the competitions, right? Because you're doing flips, handstands, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like in in any sport. When you push it, 
to the limits and you know that's what every freestyle is doing at, you know at times i've trained 10 hours a day at, at one stage i was training and you know like it if you want to be the best at something you've got to train harder and smarter than everyone else and you know it's a physical sport we're moving around we're jumping like you said handstands flips moving our legs as fast as we can move them and then you know kind of putting that onto a stage where there's high pressure situations you know i think it definitely qualifies as a sport yeah for sure 10 do you say 10 hours a day at one point yeah 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 got a bit carried away well you know you do you need to be obsessed don't you yeah i am that's definitely one thing that i'm uh, i am and I, i've carried that into the martial arts training now i'm training twice a day five days a week at the moment and you know well i, I bumped into um our jiu-jitsu instructor yesterday yeah. carlos santos shout out who who teaches at um elevate martial arts and strength in richmond and we we were agreeing about your progress because i rolled with you twice this is going back a couple yeah. of years yeah, yeah. and um I rolled with you once and you were an obvious, pretty much a beginner. And yeah. then I think it was six weeks or two months, something like that later, I rolled with you again and you were a proper handful. Like you'd, the, the, I've never seen anyone progress that quickly. Ah, uh, thanks. I, I mean... For, for real, honestly though, you know, so... And, and I remember when I asked you at the time, I said, how much are you training? And I thought, I bet there's not going to be a vague answer when yeah. I ask you how much you're training. Sure enough, you get the little book out yeah, and yeah. everything's in there. So you're training. Yeah. Have you always been like that? Yeah, I have. Um, I played a lot of sports growing up. I played rugby for 10 years. I, I played a, a lot of other sports. At one time, I was playing five different sports for my county. So I'd always, I'd always have a book where I'd sort of tally up how many hours I was doing and... It was more just, it wasn't, it wasn't about the sort of like 10,000 hours or anything like that. It was more just to like, it's almost like a confidence booster as well. And just to keep myself on the right track. And like, I do it now with MMA, with all the different elements of it. So I'll write down how many sessions of boxing I'm doing, how many jujitsu sessions. And I'm like, okay, actually, actually, wh where should I be at? at this stage of, you know, and sometimes I don't really know the answer, but I think further down the line, I'll, I'll look back and be like, okay, I was that good because I trained for that amount of time. And actually I should take confidence and not be too like disencouraged about it. If people are doing better than me or, or, or something, because I'm very competitive and I always want to be the best at something. And now that I've achieved that within freestyle football, I kind of, put that mindset into MMA and it's a good thing because it makes you super kind of optimistic and driven to achieve the highest goal and it's like kind of reaching for the stars and then you know settling for anything less than that but it's still a big distance to go but it's also a negative because you can have that mindset and then you don't have any reflection of that in your training because you're just a novice when you start so like when i did start jujitsu and everyone's tapped me out straight away it's like oh well actually maybe i'm not meant to do this maybe i'm not that sort of maybe i was just championship material in in freestyle but then you kind of think okay actually it's just like anything you've got to put the work in no one's black belt level in jujitsu without any training and I honestly thought when I walked in the gym for the first day, I looked at all the different colors of the belts and I was just like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to try and just take everyone out. And like now I realize that it's just not possible, you know, but you still got to have that playful mindset to go in and do that.
But and, that, and that's a good thing, right? It's good yeah. that it's good that you, it's not just an instant reward thing. Because I think yeah. everyone likes to think that, oh, you know, I could go in there, I'd be brilliant. Yeah. But you know, like you can't do that in any sport. Yeah. Really, you know, you can't. You can have a bit of skill at things. And you, can, you can be naturally good at things, but you can't just walk in and. Yeah. Brilliant. But well, I played rugby for ten years, and I was like the last few years I started to get really good at tackling and I was, a, I was very small when I was playing and like they would, when it was a penalty and they'd give it to the big guys to do a crash ball, they would, they would always line me up with, with him in my team. Cause I would, I'd love to just pick them up and dump tackle them into the ground. And when I started doing jujitsu, I remember I joined the club and, um, I think it was, a, the guy was a purple bat at the time. And he, he was trying to, we were standing on the feet and I just ran, dump tackled him and he put me in a guillotine straight away and I tapped and I was like, damn, this, this doesn't work here. No. You know, I need to learn like how to do this stuff properly. So, um, yeah, my head was down and, you know, I, was, I wasn't thinking about protecting my neck or anything. They took advantage and then I was like, okay, this is something I've got to spend a lot of time. And when you talked about the progress of, you know, progressing fast in, you know, a couple of weeks or months, I think it's just really because... I click well with the with the coaches, you know, with Carlos, with Nathan. I just I trust what they teach, and I just try and I, I feel like there's a respect thing there that I would, I just want to honour their coaching and the amount of work that they've put into the sport, and I think that motivates me a lot to to give my all to every training session and and not not quit and just keep going, and you know it's in line with my goals, and they're the guys that are going to help me get there, so. And how long have you been doing MMA now? I'd say, um, I would say I, I started properly training before the, before the fight last year. It was actually yesterday, a year ago from yesterday. So this was fight, your first, so. this was your first fight in the, in this league. It's called Fame Fame MMA. Fame was, MMA. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. so these are all these are people. It's proper MMA, but these are people yeah. who come from who've who've got a, a known YouTube or whatever whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was training a little bit. Well, I was training jujitsu before that, um, for a few months, and then I, and I always wanted to do MMA, and then I got the call from. A friend of mine, he's he actually is a PT, and he was he was uh, Dida, and he was uh, just like, yo, this guy's been in touch. There's an MMA card going on, and I put your name forward, and he didn't even tell me, and I was like, okay. And um, he said it's catch weight; it doesn't matter. You don't have, you just have to agree on the weight, you know. So my opponent was a lot heavier. He and, was, yeah. Um, and I was, but initially I had an even heavier opponent than that. I had a guy who was about five, six kilos heavier than him, and he was six, seven, or six, five, or something like that, you know. So, but then he pulled out, and uh, I just every time before accepting it, I just I called my dad up and I was like, so I've got this fight opportunity, and it's against this guy, and he's this size, and he's trained this long, and he, you know all that, and he would just say, well, do you think you can beat him? And I said. Yeah, and then he's like, okay, then accept it if you think you can beat him. So I just accepted everything, and then eventually Mike, my opponent, accepted as well. And uh, yeah, then got to work, and I knew Nathan was the right guy for the job. Trained with Lonnie as well in the gym, Lonnie Kavanagh. Lonnie Kavanagh, little savage, future UFC champion. Yeah, yeah, right. definitely. I think he's going to go a long way. Just got to keep putting in the work like he always has, and yeah, definitely. So just great training with them and learning more about martial arts like at the end of the day for me that's the be the best thing about it it's not about trying to 
get any commercial success or money or like recognition from anyone it's actually just about learning the martial arts i love it i've loved it since i was a kid my father did judo he trained with the olympic squad he was high level there he's uh british university's champion trained with in the buddha choir with brian brian jacks neil adams you know top top guys of the country and um i don't know just since a kid I, since i was a kid i loved it so yeah but yeah I remember you told me this before so your dad's a big judo guy and so how come you took so long to get into martial arts? But he never the... showed me. He never he never revealed to me that he did it. And, you know, we just used to, I used to just think it was kind of like play fighting. I was wrestle around with him and play around, but he was kind of testing my balance, I think. And I was talking to my younger sister about this the other day and she was saying we didn't have a normal upbringing, Andrew. Like we were, we were you know, we were just made to do sit-ups. Like, you know, I'd, I'd be there with my feet tucked under the sofa doing sit-ups you know whilst whilst the tv's on the background and like for me that was normal you know but i think i don't know so he was sort of yeah. encouraging athletically but he wasn't specifically doing any martial arts with you. had he stopped by then yeah he stopped he stopped um long before i was born i think um yeah i think he stopped in the 80s and i was born yeah 91 so yeah. So you didn't even know he was... A I didn't even know. When did, you, I, when did you find out? I think I found out... Um, I saw a book in his... We had a study room uh, down in the house in Cornwall and I was just looking looking through old photo albums and I saw like a medal in there and maybe a, a, it might have been a picture of him with his black belt on and I didn't really understand martial arts at the time. When I was about 15, I discovered that. But I was really into MMA then. I'd watch Fedor and GSP and guys like that. But yeah, it's just funny that this not knowing all those years your dad's a savage and the, yeah, he... I knew he was a savage. I knew right. he was a savage because you know, like he had a a bit of a reputation in in Cornwall as being like kind of one of the toughest guys. Because I remember I'd be walking in the street and uh, people would come up to me and be like, "Your dad's the toughest person I've ever met," and you know, and all this sort of stuff. And I'd just be like a kid, like I don't know what you're saying. It's my dad, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've heard that a lot. And you know, he's got. If you meet my dad, he's he's a big guy and he's got the biggest hands you'll ever see, and he's very strong. He's the strongest person I've ever met, and I've rolled with some big guys in the gym and stuff. But you know, I I feel like that's definitely helped me a lot because I'm not afraid to go against anyone of any size because. He's a big, strong guy, and I've been sort of play fighting with him even as a kid, you know. And uh, of course, he, you know, like there are a lot of guys a lot stronger than me, but I'm just, a, I'm kind of used to dealing with that sort of. So he probably gave you that kind of wrestling base without you knowing about it. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, th I think I've always been quite naturally good on the feet, uh, like sort of takedowns and defending takedowns. Of course, not like high level wrestling or high level judo or anything like that, but just yeah like a, a bit of a base you know I've always been able to just I think that's why I was quite good with the sort of dump tackle and rugby or you know or double leg takedown but now I'm breaking it down and it, I don't know if that actually helped me or hindered me I think it helped me in the long run but actually doing it with the bad technique and just getting a guy down isn't doesn't really do much if you're against someone that's any good and like even yesterday I was training with Carlos we were practicing double leg and I saw a lot of problems. I saw a lot of technical errors that I've been making for a while. So it's just trying to make corrections now. And yeah, I'm yeah. always searching for more, like trying to perfect it. And yeah. Yeah. Is it, like, is there any conflict? Cause you're, you still, 
I guess your job is being a freestyler. Yeah. You're not competing anymore, but you know, you've got sponsors and stuff yeah. and you know, you've got this this big social media presence. Is there any any is there are they kind of on board with you going into becoming a fighter? Do you mean the freestyle community? Well, yeah, or? like is it Everyone's on board with it, man. They just they're happy for me. I think, you know, I I I left freestyle at the right time in uh, in terms of the competition. So I achieved my goals. My aim was to be a five-time world champion. No one had achieved that many world championships at the time and you know I'd, I'd achieved everything I needed to achieve I'd beaten the best and um, done it multiple times so I knew I was stuck I, I didn't want to go down I didn't want to like kind of next year win and then next year maybe just win next year come third you know and go down the ranks and just fade out um, because of a lack of motivation Um so and i've always wanted to fight i've always wanted to fight in mma um and i i kind of just sat down and and had a think about it one day and just just sat down and yeah i was just thinking about it and just realized that i've got to do this and it's going to be a tough decision because i'm walking away from something that i've been training for for a long time and got a lot of success with it's my career that's where i make my living from and i'm going to try and do the martial arts thing and that's something new it's risky i might not succeed in it and um that's kind of where i'm at now i'm sort of trying to transition and i'm very grateful that we're living in the social media era where I can put pictures of me training martial arts on my social media and people are interested. They're like, well, this guy's gone from this to training martial arts. Is he crazy? Some people are like, this guy's crazy. Or uh, some people think it's a joke, uh, kind of like a YouTuber type thing. And then others are like, yeah, why not? And one thing that's made me quite happy, when I was a kid, I was playing, like I said, I was playing a lot of rugby. I was playing a lot of football, um, more traditional sports. And then I went on, you know, during school time, I went to the side of the court and I'd practice these tricks, like freestyle tricks with uh, one or two of my friends. And people would come over and be like, no, Andrew, what are you doing? Come play football with us. Like, why are you doing these tricks? They're not going to get you anywhere. Or you'll never be the best at that. Or you'll never make a job from that. Like, come play football or come do something else. And I just did what I enjoyed. And then I've made that into my career. And, you know, I feel like that's what I'm, gonna try and do now with the martial arts like it makes more sense for me to stick with freestyle for most people but for me it makes a lot more sense to go down the martial arts and try and try and turn professional and that's what i want to do i want to become pro in uh in fight have you so. have you got what have you got a plan have you got a plan in the future where you think things could go i do have a plan yeah go on then um i feel like i need another maybe another, a good solid year of really hard work um maybe maybe two but i'm going to try and do it in one and then i want to sign pro within the next 24 months i'm going to sign professionally that's my that's my plan and whether it's with bellator or or another organization like i'm just going to see what's out there and you know we'll see we'll see i've i know i've got to put the work in that's the most important thing you should put the work in and be ready um because i, I know i'm a long way off the level now and how old are you now 28 so 28 i mean there's still some great fighters in their yeah early, early 40s there is yeah you know, exactly yeah that that's it's massively motivating everyone. it motivates me a lot um and just seeing guys in the gym seeing guys like lonnie and nathan and you know 
a lot of the guys in the gym, Alfie, uh, just seeing them around and knowing that they're human beings, you know, and they've had to put in the work. And me and Nathan were having a chat um, the other day. He said it took him two years to get like three stripes on his white belt. And, you know, I've got a similar sort of thing. You know, I've just got three stripes on my white belt. And, you know, that encouraged me a lot. And I was I was just like, you know what, like you all start, we all start from pretty much nothing you know and then we've just got to build it up and i'm blessed i've got these opportunities to train with these amazing guys and thanks to free the freestyle career that's given me an edge i think in terms of when i travel around the world i can get training that other people wouldn't be able to get for example i train with some ufc fighters over in la spent a month out there training with some of the best jiu-jitsu guys best ufc fighters i mean that's something that not everyone can do especially at the level i'm at so I feel like this is gonna really help my progression and. Oh yeah, you saw, yeah. saw you training with what the Italian dude? What's his name? Mark? Marvin Fattori. Yeah. yeah, this is a good friend of mine. We've uh, yeah, we've uh, had a lot of good good times together, and you know, just rolling with him, he's an absolute beast, and Imagine. you know, he's so underrated in so many areas. I think people now are starting to realize after his fight last weekend, where he um, he beat Hermanson convincingly who was ranked number four in the middle middleweight division now marvin's i think ranked number five so he's chasing that title and he hasn't lost for i think three years last loss was to adesanya by split decision so he's coming for it yeah and he's he's young as well you know when he lost adesanya he was only like 23 or 24 you know so and done better than almost anyone else exactly yeah and i think he could have won that i think with his mindset now if his if his skills were the same back then and Adesanya's skills were the same, but his mind was as sharp as it is now, I think he'd have he'd have clinched that. Um, of course, his skills have improved massively, and so have Adesanya's. But you know, what do I know? I'm just well, getting there, getting started. I mean, MMA's MMA's talking about making a living. MMA's you, a few people make a lot of money. You know, people see Conor McGregor and a few others, but it's pretty hard to make a living in the in the lower ranks. I think, but. Presumably, with freestyle football, pre-social media, it was it was impossible to make a living, was it? It was just something you would do for fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, that's a that's an interesting um, sort of thing to think about because a lot of people start freestyle football now because they want to make a lot of money, and I think a lot of people, or, or they want to get famous, they want to get some like social media clout or you know followers and everything that comes with that. And it's the same with fighting as well. I think a lot of people walk into the gym and they're like, I'm going to be the next UFC fighter. Even if they never trained a day in their life, they get hit once in the face and they're like, I don't want to be a UFC fighter. Mm. Um, And, you know, they want to get that fame and success and and all that, which is great. But I think you have to have a passion for it to succeed. And for me, when I started freestyle, there wasn't a living to be made. I just did it because I loved it. And I didn't care about the future of like my, my, you know, when you're a kid, you don't, when you're really young you don't think about like making i'm gonna make loads of money with this and stuff because you're just thinking about enjoyment and playing and having fun and i just wanted to learn new tricks all the time and then i got to a level where i was pretty good at it but but what's the point sorry to interrupt what's the point where you're you're, you go from this is a bit of fun to actually i'm gonna go crazy and make it my whole life what what was that what what was that day well I've been training for a few years. Then I broke my leg very badly. I was still playing rugby at the time. Broke it playing rugby in five places. Got a metal plate and nine screws inserted in there. And um, that kind because of, I was playing so many different sports at the time, that wiped out all the contact sports during my recovery. 
So I was only You're still a teenager at the time. So yeah, I was still yeah, a teenager. Yeah, okay, I was yeah. sixteen. Yeah. So I the only thing I could really do was try and like practice improving like my freestyle. So I was balancing the ball on my head, even with my leg in the cast and on the side of my head and 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 that sort of thing. And then it helped me recover. It helped me learn. You know, I was kind of walk when I was walking again. I was trying to balance the ball on my foot and build up that sort of muscle fibers and get everything going again and it helped me a lot of confidence like oh i can still do stuff i you know because i got told that there's actually a chance i might not ever be able to walk again or, or you know and a very good chance that i won't be able to play sport again so that was very heartbreaking considering that was the only thing i liked was sport really it was like my life um so yeah going from that and just sort of thinking well i I put my all into all the sports I was doing and I was playing county for some, you know, county down in Cornwall for a few different sports, including table tennis, triple jump, you know, random, random sports. But, um, now I could just focus on one thing and I was just focusing on freestyle and I actually didn't, I remember just before breaking my leg a couple of weeks before I almost was in tears about it because I, my dream as a kid was to be a world champion in a sport that I love or, or represent my country. That was like a dream as a kid. I don't know why. I just think it's always been a dream of mine. Um, so, so it kept you sane when you when you were met. Yeah. Cause did you get must have got quite low? You know, crazy sportsman suddenly smash yeah. your leg up oh. and sat at home. Yeah, I thought my life was over. I was like, oh, this is just typical. But yeah, like I said, a couple of weeks before I had that injury, I was sat down thinking. I'm 16 and I've got to decide what sport to do. Otherwise I'll just be one of these people like a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And I need to decide and I couldn't choose one to go down. I was like, well, do I go down the rugby route? You know, rugby's quite a big sport down in Cornwall. A lot of people, you know, represent the country from county down in Cornwall. It's a, it's got, a, you know, a strong rugby scene and I really enjoyed that. Or do I try and do something else or like, do I not do sport and, you know, do something else. I really couldn't decide. And it was really bothering me because I just didn't know what to do. And I was, a, I had a fear of choosing the wrong choice and failing in that and then being too late to try anything else. Because when you're 16, you get told and it's wrong. You get told that you've got to, you've got to be a, like, that's the age when you've got to be professional or, you know, start with most sports. Like in football, they say, oh, if you don't make it when you're 16, if you're no good, then you're not going to do it later. But that's not true. And it's definitely not true anymore with modern day sort of, science and stuff but you know people like you said in ufc in their early 40s smashing it so um i think if i could give myself any advice going back to then i would uh have just chosen one and and uh even if i failed then i can choose the next one or whatever but at least go for something you know and, um so having that injury forced me to do just the freestyle because it was the only option left and then i actually developed a massive passion for it when i was training for it found out about some competitions and then I was like, I'm going to just train all day, every day. So I just literally woke up, trained, had breakfast, trained, had bre had lunch, trained the whole way through the day. Just And then started making notes on it and just became obsessed. You know, I've got some weird obsessive mindset that's a bit crazy, you know. But, yeah. That's good, man. So you so you made this decision because you had no choice, right? So that, but then when you're better and you're, you know, you're, you're physically recovered... Did you were you tempted by other sports at that point, or were you focused on your world championships? And I did go back and, and play. I I went back and played one game of rugby, and then and I loved it. And I was like, wow, I missed this. I missed this. And then Red Bull did a competition. Um, 
that they were organizing i hadn't i hadn't competed in any competitions yet and i was like i'm gonna train for it and that took me out of playing and training rugby for a few months and then when i competed in that competition i had that feeling of being on the stage and throwing down the tricks i just i was like this is the sport that i want to do i don't want to do anything else i don't want to play football i don't want to play rugby i don't want to do anything else this is what i want to do so yeah so you get the buzz you get the crowds and stuff and the competitions and it's, they look like you're yeah it's it's proper like adulation from and people like getting so so deep into it i mean it's a it's an incredible thing to watch thanks yeah. it really is no it's a great sport i'm uh, i i think i'm i'm very grateful that i stumbled upon it and I think it's a really good thing for kids to get into because one of the great things about freestyle is not just a sport, it's an art form and it's the same as martial arts. It's um, There's a way of doing it and there's a, there's a kind of a journey you go on when you train that's more than just sort of, I don't know, it's hard to explain but you, you know, you've trained a lot of martial arts so you definitely get what I mean but it's it's you kind of discover a lot about yourself when you do it and you, you learn how to express yourself and it makes you more calm, more disciplined and it just improves you as a human being and I think freestyle does that, martial arts does that a lot as well. So, Yeah, I think I think, I th- I think improves as a human being. I can't speak for freestyle but I think certainly for martial arts. Yeah. I think you were talking about how people have treated you and I think people that don't do martial arts perhaps misunderstand just how nice the communities are. Yeah. I don't know if it was always like that. I seem to remember kickboxing clubs when I was growing up where they were slightly kind of aggressive places. They were a bit kind of macho and if you walked in, people would be looking at you. Whereas most martial arts clubs that you go to now, I mean, jiu-jitsu particularly, but they're all nice. These are nice people. These are not people who are going to go and start pub fights. These are people who do their fighting in the ring. And I think it's, um, I don't know, maybe it's it's definitely to do with the times changing and stuff and what's more acceptable and sort of the law as well and you know um you know how people can be treated now and get away with it and stuff like that but i think it's also to do with the progression of the sports and also everything being online it's easy to kind of figure out when something's not really real legit you know you know there could be a gym where someone says they're the best in the world you know 100 years ago and people would just believe it whereas now everything's online you see the videos and there's the competitions to prove it so i think yeah the days of saying oh, i've got this mate who's a champion in a martial art exactly. you haven't heard of and he could kill all of you those those, <laughs> those exactly. days are pretty much over i think exactly and then they'll just beat up guys in their gym and they'll, they'll have a rough gym and yeah it's, it, i think it's it definitely has changed um a lot but i do think that kind of the old school approach there's some elements of that that are important as well i think there's an importance to being able to grit your teeth and and fight just brawl and and fight when you're in the cage as well i think that's important and just go off your instincts but that mixed with technique is and and a hot and a like a you know a good work ethic good coaching yeah you see the the, the, the grit and cu- the, the grit and um toughness that comes in when things go wrong yeah or like exactly. later on when you're when you feel like quitting and you're yeah. you know you're i was talking about cardio yesterday because another thing when people watch MMA or any any sport, they'll they'll the commentators will be saying, I think he should just do this, but I think people understand what being gassed is like. So, you yeah. know, when you when you're when you're gassed, your body is just refusing to do 
what you tell it to. And obviously the better con- physical condition you can be in, the better. But there's a great deal of, of grit to that. Absolutely. Because jiu-jitsu is like that every time, particularly with lockdowns, you take, and if you take time off and you don't roll, you go back and you just, f- within a couple yeah. of minutes, feel like dying. Even if you've been... You feel like jelly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I I was riding my bike, I was keeping my cardio up, but you go back to rolling, it's a completely different thing. You yeah. Just, you gas and you're... It's a really weird feeling that you... that wanna, I want to quit. My body's not working. How do I... How do I push through this? Yeah, and it, it's just you just have to find a way just to, uh, you know, go keep going a little bit more. But yeah, and I think the people that want to get to the top, they're they're going to have a mindset that when they get in that situation, it's just like they want to be someone that doesn't quit. They want to be someone that can't quit, that doesn't give up ever, you know, and just keeps going. So they're going to be, that's going to be on their mind all the time because they're trying to achieve their goals. Whereas people that just do it for fun, you know, if the, when they feel like there's a way out, sometimes they'll take it, you know. Um, but I think if you, it depends. Yeah, it depends. You you see guys give up and you, you think, oh, I'd never give up in that situation. Then you're in that situation and you're like... Ah, oh, this sucks. Yeah, <laughs> you and you know? just don't know how much their, their bodies are not responding. Yeah, to you it. don't know how, how how the pressure is. You know, sometimes you watch a, a UFC fight and and it doesn't look like the guys like you're like, how's the guy tired already? And it's because like he got hit with one big shot that just knocked him for six, and he doesn't really know what's going on. And then his gas tank's gone, and he hasn't controlled it. And then you know, the, it's very easy to judge it from the outside. And that's one thing I've learned by doing it more and more that you, you just can't really judge anyone too much. You just got to go on your own journey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What was your, your big tough dad when you, when you'd recovered and said you were going to, you're going to go full on this on freestyle football. What what was his reaction? No, he was fine with it. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like he, he's, he's not he's never wanted me to do martial arts or never never particularly wanted me to do rugby or anything like that. he just wants me to do what i want to do and he never pushed me down any route but he always just said that like i can do it you know if i want if i want to do it and um i actually i said to him a few times like i was thinking of calling out some youtubers and staring up the pot of it you know and just uh you know, I think that's that could be an interesting thing, and he was always against it. But I had a phone call with him two days ago, and he was he was telling me, he I think he saw the Mayweather Logan Paul announcement of their fight, that their boxing match they've got coming up, and he was like, "You need to, you need to get on that because you're training martial arts seriously, and you take it seriously, you take everything you do seriously." But some of these YouTubers they don't, but they're getting these opportunities, and they're going to lose. But you could do it, and you could win you could do something I'm not saying i'm gonna beat me <laughs> or anything like that you know i'm not i'm not that deluded but um just like i am putting the work in so you know if i ever got to a high level in mma or something or a high enough level you know i could maybe i could do something there that hasn't been done and you know there's an opportunity with the social media following and coming from a different sport and being a world champion there's something there with that i don't know exactly what it is yet but there's something and i've got to put in the work so that Putting putting the work in the dark, say. So. But but you know, there's always an element of that because with even with with UFC fighters, they've all got their own elements of marketability. You know, there are there have been some who are really good fighters, but because no one likes them because they're boring or whatever, they don't. They do, you know, it makes a massive impact on your definitely on your career. So you'd be crazy not to. 
leverage a bit of the old yeah it's just one of those things yeah it's one of those things where i i the last like year i've been kind of a lot of people have been telling me you need to call out more people you need to be more like arrogant on social media calling out like the best fighters and stuff like that um even if like you know i'm not at that level it's just because i've got that um audience you know and the audience will buy into it and it'll create some buzz and and all that but i've i I kind of just didn't do that because i want to respect what i'm doing and respect the people like yourself like our coaches that work hard and they train hard and and you know they're not skipping anything and i didn't want to i want to earn my place you know your your first your your opponent got you had a bit of um back and forth with him we did yeah um he's a nice guy you know um he might have come across in the press conferences um like he's 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 not the nicest of of people but actually he's a really nice guy and we get on well we've gotten well since the fight as well you destroyed him in about 30 seconds i should mention yeah he's he's yeah quite a lot bigger than you but yeah he was you picked him up and slammed him yeah um you know i i trained hard for it but at the end of the day there's only so much progression you can do in a short space of time. And I was going from pretty much sort of, you know, day one beginner almost into having an MMA fight in in a very short space of time. So I knew realistically, like if it was any of my coaches going in there with me, they would tear my head off, you know? So it wasn't a mindset. Like I go into a freestyle battle thinking I'm the best in the world here and I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm in my best shape. And if I do even okay or better, I'm going to win. This was, I don't, it's a bit of like stepping into the unknown. I don't know if I'll feel pressure differently in a cage fighting someone when they're actually trying to take my life. And I don't know, you know, I'm not one of the best in it. So I don't have the confidence of knowing I'm the best and I've already won a world championship before and I'm going against these guys again. This is one guy, he can hit me once and turn turn the lights off, you know, all the training just because I made one silly error. So it was different, but then I found I was just calm and confident. I actually felt more confident going into that fight than I did, like walking into the cage and stuff, than I did for any of my freestyle competitions. Really? I just felt at home, and uh, and I realised there was a so the layout of the the sort of the the structure was there was a big stage and it had your name behind it, and then you'd walk down a long runway down the stairs, then along the floor. Everyone in the crowd, I think there was about six or 7,000 people there. Open the, You go in the cage door and then staring across the ring from uh, the octagon from the opponent. And I just, I felt like that's where I, that's where I should be. And I, I, something clicked with me there and I was like, this is this is the sport for me, definitely. I should just felt at home. Yeah, I felt like, I think I've imagined this since a very young age. Imagine fighting in a cage. And um, yeah, it's definitely nothing to do with it being a popular thing on social media right now for people to get into it's like the trending thing oh you got a big social media following you should have an mma fight you know or a boxing match for me it's just the timing worked out the stars aligned really and um that's why i'm i think i should call them out i should make the most of this because out of all of those guys that are doing it from like the social media world i'm actually one that is putting in the real work and I'm training hard, so. Well, you know, I think you yeah. you pretty much know no one's going to be t- training as hard as you. Yeah. The amount you put in. It. I mean, especially someone who, no disrespect to your first opponent, looked like he probably could have trained a little bit harder. Yeah, you know? I think so. I think yeah, it, it, that's the thing. It wasn't. 
it, it, you know, I don't know how much of a challenge it really could have been because I, you know, I put him away quite early. But yeah, he'd done a couple years of wrestling and judo, and um, he'd done a, a year or two of boxing. But uh, I think he just underestimated un underestimated me. I think he thought Andrew comes from freestyle football, so he's going to be good. He's going to be kicking trying to throw kicks and he's going to be dancing around bouncing in and out trying to throw like leg kicks and head kicks and stuff and I think he thought he was going to be like the more like Khabib kind of guy like hug me and grind me down and you know he's a bigger guy and he'd done wrestling and I think he was just caught off guard when I when I didn't keep the distance and I just went straight in and picked him up and slammed him I think he was like I'm on my back and I don't know what you know I didn't expect this he thought you were going to be like Capoeira kicking and stuff. I think so. Your, because of your football Exactly. Skills. And yeah. even in the press conference, he was saying stuff like that. And people were saying that like, there were other YouTubers. I saw the, um, the Sidemen. They're a big um, group of YouTubers in the UK. Um, they were talking about on a podcast saying, you know, Andrew's just going to kick his head off. I think, you know, with the freestyle, he'll be flexible and, and all that. And... I think it was that sort of like a lot of guys didn't know that I came from playing rugby, you know, um, where I'm tackling guys and I and I, I wrestled with my dad and you've got that sort of judo style stuff and I loved that style of fighting as well. So I think I think that's more suited to my style right now. But I think in the future, unlocking the ability to kick well and strike well is is going to be my best thing. Do you find do you find you've taken taken very easy to the kicking? I think because I mean in some ways yeah some of your some of your some of your um uh, freestyle stuff has sort of leg dexterity that a lot of decent kickers couldn't do, do yeah you know? definitely I mean I like I've got power in my legs I've known that since I was young you know I used to be a kicker in rugby and at the age of about 14 15 I could kick halfway from rugby you know you know which is like that's high level you know kicking length like, I've always been able to strike the ball hard and uh, I've got a lot of control over my feet. You can see that with the freestyle, and I've got a lot of flexibility. But with my freestyle football kind of mindset, and, and then I have to go back, and it's very easy for me to fall into bad habits if I'm not careful, of just like, oh, I can already jump and do that. Because a lot of people, they kind of learn the flexibility, they learn the strength, they learn the accuracy. In the in, At the same time, they build that up at the same time as building up their um, skill. Uh, you know so learning the right form and stuff that kind of they're progressing at the same time it's just all part of their practice whereas me i'll al already have the ability to do it i just need to learn the right technique so it's very different for me i think than, than most people training yeah I, I really enjoyed your film i meant to say as well what's it called on it's on youtube mm. uh, freestyler to fighter yes exactly and what, what time did fighter. you what, sorry, freestyle to freestyler to fighter yeah uh, what, what point did you decide to make that was that in the run-up to the fight um, do you know what? I think it was, um, it was a combination of things. So Scott Penders, who's, who's here today, he's just sitting in the corner. He's been doing some behind the scenes shots. Like he's seat. had enough of it. By he's the had moment. enough. I don't know. He's, he must be nearly <laughs> He's been working hard <laughs> in the build up to Christmas. He's going to get his break soon. So he's, he's happy with that. But, um, yeah, he, uh, I was sat down with him and, um, we were kind of talking about it and I didn't have a freestyle football documentary. So, you know, like, my story with freestyle is different to the other guys. You know, I came from rugby, I had a bad injury, and then I came and competed in freestyle and was the most uh, accomplished freestyler ever and never was any of that really documented. There's a couple of little bits here and there, but not a proper documentary. No behind-the-scenes building up to a competition or anything like that. 
And it's a bit of a shame because, you know, just to tell a story or to inspire people or for memories or, or to show my kids in the future, you know, if I have any. And, you know, all that sort of thing could be interesting, you know, motivating for people. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But we'll never find out because I didn't do that. And Scott was like, I want to film your first fight, man. Your first fight. It's a big fight. You'll never get this opportunity to have your first MMA fight again. So, and and uh, I need a bit of convincing sometimes with things like that because I, I almost, it sounds like, like BS saying this because I'm on all over social media, but I'm a very private person and I kind of don't like people making a fuss over me or like thinking I'm a big deal and they have to film me or do a documentary on me or something like that. I'm the type of guy that I'll walk in the gym and probably be the quietest person in the gym rather than like loud and like, ah, oh, look at me. I'm, a, I've got this social media following or whatever, you know, like I'm kind of, I think it's it all goes down to like I was very shy as a kid, so and all that. So I, I don't know. I, I, it took me a lot of convincing, but then I was like, do you know what? I really did think that it would have been good to do the one in freestyle football, and we should do this. Yeah. I'm glad you did. It's a great film. I watched Thanks. it with my son. A bit of blue language at the beginning. I didn't warn him, but it was it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. Right from the get go, I was like, oh, oh well, he's heard it now. But yeah. no, it's a really, it's a really good, it's a really good film, and shows how hard you train as well you know it just shows that the the fight might have been quick you can only beat the opponent in front of you yeah you put the work in you, know, you put all the work in yeah i think a lot of people didn't didn't really realize how serious i was taking it i think all the other guys on the card as well them watching that might be like okay yeah this guy took it super seriously like i made it my life i made it, like nothing else mattered during that training camp it was just I was I was a fighter in my mind. I'm an MMA fighter preparing for an MMA fight, like prof top professionals are. Obviously, without the skill level, but just I'm gonna put all my efforts in to trying to be the best I can be, and that's what I was thinking of every morning, all day, all night. That's it. And Obsessed. Yeah. Would you have thought more if it wasn't for COVID? Is definitely, it? yeah, definitely. Bummer for everyone. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would say I, I would have definitely competed a few times in other, like um, maybe jiu-jitsu tournaments, maybe have a boxing or kickboxing um, match, but maybe another MMA fight as well. I'm in no rush. Um, I've been kind of recently inspired by Adesanya as well. He said that he, he took his time for going into the UFC because he knew it was inevitable that he had the skill that he would get there, and he took his time. He he could have gone into he said he said he could have gone into it a few years early, earlier, but he didn't feel like he had enough, like complete enough skill set. And then he went into it and he went he shot up the ranks and became the champion. Whereas you see guys like Poirier who've just been in it for so long to try and be the champion, and you know that's that's really tough. And to a to a lower level like a smaller degree i i feel like that might also be the the way because i feel like it's good to have the experience and to gain that yeah that fighting experience because it's different it's definitely different when you're in the cage um so you know for me to have a few more fights and stuff would be great before i kind of get to the higher level stuff the higher level opponents and stuff but actually i think all the different sports i've done all the high pressure situations i think i'm very good under pressure i think i'm I, I deal very well under pressure and i think actually what i need to do is really just 
work on the skills and just get really good at, uh, at the skills or just get as good as I can, you know, before I fight again. So I'm not in a big rush now. I'm actually going to wait for the, the right opportunity and, uh, be ready when when it comes so you didn't haven't found this two year this year too disheartening you just pushed on and i think it's been very good i had a few injuries actually in the training i overtrained i meant because of covid rather than you yeah. personally but yeah you sorry well yeah uh so i had a few injuries in the build-up to the fight and okay. um and that was about three months before the pandemic um so after that i didn't i kept training and i didn't allow them to recover and then when the pandemic started and you know covid came um I finally gave my body the rest that it needed. That's the the biggest weakness for me, I would say, in all of my preparation for any sport I've ever done is I don't allow myself enough time to rest and I don't look after myself as well as I should. I'm getting better o- o- over the over the years. I have got a lot better at it. You'd think I'd have learned after breaking my leg and then after that recovered, broke my shoulder and arm in five places and got metal plate yeah, screws in there. Got, and, got decent scar on that yeah i do yeah so i mean like you'd think i'd learn but i just don't i just still keep going and i'm, I'm getting i am getting better at it but do those two big ones still bother you though like in the, in not the at all. no no because i was just obsessed with the recovery and the physio and i just made a full recovery and i don't even notice it at all no not at all well andrew you're an example to us all with your determination i think we're out of time okay um andrew henderson your film, what was it? Freestyle to fight. Freestyle to fight. Very easy to find with your blue tick and your million or so <laughs> followers on Instagram and, and TikTok as well, I believe. Although, uh, I've yes, still, I've still not ventured into TikTok. Oh, I've been told, I've been told you have to, but that's it's, it. It's it's the one it's the one line in the sand I've not crossed yet. Ah, uh, give it a go. You you might like it. It's a bit of a crazy one, but yeah, it's good. It's definitely good. Great to talk to you, Andrew. Thanks very much. Pleasure. I look forward to you uh, smashing me up in the gym real soon. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thank Cheers, you. Man. Thanks again to Andrew Henderson. Type in Andrew Henderson anywhere and you will see amazing freestyle football videos, amazing videos, and increasingly fine fighting skills as well. And that film, Freestyle to Fighter, is available to watch for free on YouTube. Healthy Beast is healthybeastpodcast.com and at Healthy Beast Podcast on Instagram. Thanks very much for listening. Mm-hmm.